From 2 Corinthians 13, 13, The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. We are so glad that you are seeking God with us, and we pray that the message you are about to hear is a blessing to you. I am Brian Niebank, pastor of Zion United Church of Christ Fireside in Bellevue, Ohio. I thank you for joining us today as we seek to walk together with God, expressing our love in Bible study and prayer, living the life of the church and serving others and worshiping God. May God bless you today. Will you pray with me? O oh God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O oh God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. I ask the question, why do you think that prayer sometimes seems to go unanswered on my Facebook community page, or personal page, and I was encouraged by the amount of responses that I received from that question. One person said that I don't think prayer is supposed to be requests, and I think that has some truth to it, because prayer should not be that we are only requesting God to do things. We often forget that the main purpose of prayer is to know God intimately. It is not to have God serve our needs. We are here to serve God's needs. Our prayer for ourselves should be to help us to serve God's needs better. Others said that the answers are not in our time or are answered in weird ways, which is often true. There are many things that can, be, that can cause our faith to be put on pause because we don't seem to be having the answer that we expected from God. Another quoted the Bible text, Isaiah 55, verse 8. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. Sometimes God has something else in store for us that we do not have any way of envisioning. Another noted that sometimes it seems like prayer is unanswered because God is saying, not now or no. God often might say to us, not now, but yes. But not right now. We have to wait some time for it to come to fruition. Or maybe we pray something that God just has something better in store for us. And God will say, no, that's not going to happen because that's not what I have in store for you. God is more interested in the condition of your heart than the condition of your circumstances. This one speaks to your motive and making sure that your motive, your heart, wants this prayer for the right reasons, not for your own selfish gain, but for God's gain. 
And I'll note one final one who quoted three passages. In Luke 18, Jesus tells his disciples about the persistent widow to teach them always to pray and not give up. And Paul tells the Philippians in chapter 4 not to be anxious, but in everything through prayer to make their requests known to God. Whatever happens, make your request known to God. And in Matthew 26 and 27, Jesus prays twice that this cup of suffering and death might pass from him. And he dies asking with his last words why God has abandoned him. Jesus teaches us to submit to God's will always, even and especially when it is not our own will or prayer, and even when we feel that God has not responded to us. And yes, the Bible also teaches us persistence in prayer and to make our own requests known no matter how we feel. I have a few more pages I could keep going, but I was very encouraged by the amount of responses. And I talked last week about asking questions. These are the types of questions and discussion that we can have and encourage one another while we also are able to have these discussions together. You may recall the story of David and Bathsheba, which is perhaps David's most known sin. When he realized that she had become pregnant, he tried to get Uriah to sleep with his wife, to cover it up and claim that the child was Uriah's. Uriah refused to go into his house, however, so David was left with no option but to marry Bathsheba himself. He had to take care of the husband, take care of, before marrying her. So he had him killed in battle. The Lord was angry with David for doing this. The child that was born to him fell ill. And David fasted and got down on the floor and prayed and prayed for that child. He hoped that perhaps the Lord would have mercy and make the child well. His prayer, however, seemed to be to no avail. The child died. Instead of falling into worse anguish as the king's officials feared, however, that was when David got up and praised God anyway, even though the Lord did not answer David's prayer. Why didn't the Lord answer his prayer? And why did David praise God in the house of worship when the prayer went unanswered? He knew that what was done was done, but God was still God. And he did not know all the answers. But it was better to turn toward God than to turn away from God. Instead of turning away from God when God does not answer us in the way we want, we need to call ourselves back to God. Even if God did not fix things now for reasons unknown to us, God still promises to fix things at the end of the story. God will make all things right. Being turned toward God is putting ourselves on the nice list. We won't be the ones getting coal in our stockings. We will be the ones rewarded with everlasting peace. 
I do not know if any of the victims in the Oxford High School shooting in Oxford, Michigan, were Christian. But if they were, especially for the one who went to the hospital and died the following morning, and for the one who was on a ventilator for days in critical condition, I imagine the parents would be gathering to pray nearly every moment and calling family to pray in nearly every other moment. Sometimes this is the time that people turn to prayer as a last resort too, even if they weren't Christian. But why would God not seem to answer their prayers? There is a popular response that some churches do at the beginning of services, and it goes like this. The leader says, all the time, and the people respond with, God is good. And then the leader says, God is good, and the people respond with, all the time. Do you want to try that? All the time? God is good. God is good. All the time. Do we believe that? Now, I think David may have said something like this when he worshipped the Lord following the tragedy in his family. Both the questions that we were just asking and also, I know that God is still good all the time. The writer of the song, It Is Well With My Soul, Horatio Gates Bafford, may have said it when he wrote the lyrics of the song on a boat at the very place that his daughter's had perished in the sea in 1873. Despite the deepest tragedy, we can still find God. We can still turn to God, even when we don't know why something happened. Now, turning back to God, despite not having our prayer answered, is all well and good but we might still wonder why our prayer is not always answered. We may feel like God has never heard any of our prayers. If you don't feel like that, good for you. You can help others who do. And if God never hears any of your prayers because you don't pray, that's the first thing to fix. But let's get one thing straight from the beginning. God hears every one of our prayers. God just does not respond to every one of them in the way that we might expect. I heard a sermon from Pastor Craig Rochelle that was preached just last week. And I'm going to base this next section of the sermon based on what I learned from that message. The message that he preached was part of a sermon series called Ever Wonder Why. And he asked the question, why doesn't God answer prayer? He he proposes four possible reasons. First, your relationships with other people might impact your relationship with God. In Matthew chapter 5, verses 23 to 24, in the middle of the Beatitudes, Jesus said, So when you are offering your gift at the altar, if you remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go. First be reconciled to your brother or sister, 
and then come and offer your gift. God may not respond to us if we have not reconciled with our brother or our sister. You need to be in right relationship with God. And to do that, you have to be in right relationship with your brothers and sisters. Second, you may have selfish motives. The Pharisees loved people who praised them for being faithful in their prayer, in their long robes. They wanted to look good. They wanted to look faithful. But Jesus criticized them for their motives. If you are praying for your own benefit and not for God's benefit, as the Pharisees were, you are praying for the wrong motive. You do not need to pray that the pain in your back or your feet stop because that is only for your own benefit. You can pray that God may put a spring in your step so that you can better serve others and the kingdom. And something we learn from Solomon, who prayed that, who prayed for wisdom and got the riches also. If we pray for something for God's benefit, God will often give us something that we didn't ask for, such as that freedom of the pain or the freedom of something else that has been bothering us. You can pray for a deeper faith like the prayer, I believe, help my unbelief found in Mark 9. Pray for things that will help you or someone else to serve God better. Pray for another person's need, but do remember to take care of yourself while you think of the other also. If you realign your motives, God will bless you richly, even if it is not in taking away all of your pain. Be confident that when you pray the prayer for God, God will answer your prayer in other ways too. The third reason that God may not answer a prayer (coughs) is because you do not believe that God will actually do it. You are lacking faith. Jesus said many times, your faith has made you well. On one occasion, Jesus actually asked a group of blind men, Do you believe that I am able to make you see again? After they answered, Yes, Lord, Jesus healed them. This is in Matthew 9, 28. If you expect God to answer your prayer, you have to believe in God's capabilities to make it happen. But perhaps you have good relationships with everyone you know. Perhaps you have the right motives, and you believe in God's power to answer your prayer. In that case, Pastor Craig notes, perhaps God has something different. Jeremiah 29.11 assures us, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. God knows better than we do, to be completely honest. 
This may be difficult to accept when God does not answer our prayer to a tragedy. But even then, we can accept that God is still here. God will still make something good out of everything, even if God doesn't will it. And God is still sufficient because God's grace is all we need. Pastor Craig says one more thing that we should remember, and I'm going to quote him here. Why bother praying? Not not to get God to do what we want, but the purpose of prayer is relational. To get to know God intimately so that we know God's will, so that we can do God's will. Praying also reminds us that we are not in control and prayer keeps us close to the one who is. Remember, God is not here to serve me. I am here to serve God. We are not the main character. God is. Always believe that God can. Always believe that God will. And even if God doesn't, the good news is, I still believe. Today we see the candle of peace lit before us, yet we struggle to find peace in a world where we wonder if God hears us, and where we wonder if God is really watching over us and taking care of us. Sometimes we feel abandoned. Why would we have to suffer as we do if God was still with us? That is a question for a different sermon. The truth is, though, that God is still with us. If we come to God with the proper mindset, we will be better able to understand this. We will be better able to feel this. You'll be better able to capture the peace that God brings. We can know God intimately. We just need to be in right relationship with God. First, we need to be in right relationship with others. Second, we need to come to God with proper motives. Third, we need to believe in God's capabilities. And finally, we need to realize that we are not God. Luke chapter 1, 67 through 79 is Zechariah's prophecy about Jesus. The father of John the Baptist noted that God looks favorably on the people even in a time where Roman control and oppression may have seemed to be at its worst. We can embrace the faithful waiting of Elizabeth and Zechariah, where God's answer was delayed. The same with Abraham and Sarah, God's answer was delayed. God comes to humanity in Israel in our waiting periods marked by barrenness, that is, the lack of hope. But we know that God's promise is on the way. Zechariah was struck dumb because of his doubt, but he was ultimately rewarded when when he proclaimed the name of the baby would be 
John. Even in our waiting, in our barrenness, in our lack of hope today, just as in our biblical stories leading up to Christmas, in Abraham, in Elizabeth and Zechariah, our hope can and will come to fruition. God is working for us. But our world has never been immune to hard times. Hope is not pretending that trouble doesn't exist. It is the hope that they won't last forever, that hurts will be healed and difficulties overcome, and that we will be led out of the darkness into the sunshine. Zechariah is able to find peace in that hope. He believes in God's capabilities. He said, By the tender mercy of our God, the dawn from on high will break upon us, will break upon us. To give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace. Jesus is the coming Messiah who promises that peace. And as both Zechariah and John say in their prophecies, the way is being prepared for the Lord. The way is being prepared for peace. When we see Jesus and follow the example that he gives, we are able to find that peace no matter what happens in this world. No matter what happens in the world around us, God is still God. God's grace is still sufficient, and we know that God is all we need. If God doesn't answer your prayer, praise and worship anyway. If God doesn't answer your prayer, be sure you are following the path that Jesus has laid out for you. And if God doesn't answer your prayer in the way that you expect, allow the way of peace to give you confidence that God is still the God you trust. God is still the God you call on. And nothing can shake God from his throne. Do not feel abandoned. Yes, it would be nice to see peace right now. Yes, it hurts every time we see violence. Yes, it hurts every time we experience tragedy. Yes, it hurts every time we pray for a miracle and do not see it happen. Is there even such thing as a miracle, we ask? Yes, there is. It is the miracle that God breaks through every wall. God breaks through every darkness. God breaks through every devastation and oppression. Peace is the victory that Christ proclaims. This is why we pray. This is why we turn to God. God is the victory. God is the main character. So thanks be to God and amen. Let us see a rose bloom among us to signify our hope flowering from nothing. Let us sing, how, Lo, how a rose air blooming. 
It is in our worship and rejoice hymnal and also in the bulletins. Thank you for joining us here at Zion United Church of Christ Fireside in Bellevue, Ohio. If you would like to reach out to us, we would be thrilled to journey with you on your walk with God. Call us at 419-483-6658 in the United States. Reach out to us on our Facebook page or send us an email at zionunited at gmail.com with any prayer requests or questions you may have. Remember to make time for God and confess Jesus as your way to God to give you hope in this life. May you be blessed by God and be a blessing for another. We hope to see you again.